Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. Matthew, chapter 5. Recently, I've been going through some of my files and come across some of my old college notes. Old college notes. Amen. Don't know whether you've ever had that opportunity to run across some things that have your mind triggered by events and people and opportunities and just some neat, neat stuff. And as I thought back on those days, I, I, I thought about what the professors gave to us when we started the class. They give us a syllabus. I don't know if you've ever been given a syllabus, but, but a syllabus has several purposes. The syllabus is to give us general course information, to give goals and objectives, and to tell what the requirements are in, in order for us to be able to complete the assignment that we've been given. You know, God's given us a syllabus. It's called the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. And God has given that to us so that we might understand what the course requirements are, so that we might recognize that there are some responsibilities, and so that we might fulfill what God wants us to fulfill. Here in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus was in the Sermon Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And it basically is a many syllabus. For he's teaching the people with authority, authority that they had not heard before. We find that at the end of chapter 7. And authority that comes from God to help them know how they ought to live. He begins his sermon with what we would call the Beatitudes. Yeah, Beatitudes or the blessings that God has given. Now we're not going to spend a lot of time here at the Beatitudes but I do want to read them for you this morning. So let's begin with verse 2 of Matthew chapter 5. And you follow along in your copy of the scriptures, and we're going to read down through verse 12. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now there are two words used in the scriptures for blessed or blessed. One is an external kind of thing. We are blessed because someone gives to us something, or we are blessed because we find ourselves in a situation that is really encouraging, or we are blessed because we see God answering prayer. That, that's an external kind of thing. That's not the word that's used here. The word that's used here is an internal kind of blessing. And as we read through that passage of Scripture, you noted very quickly that the blessing does not come because we are satisfied with life. 
This blessing does not come because it meets some kind of standard or achievement that we attain to. This blessing comes from God. And you will note at the end of the passage that we are even blessed when we're persecuted. Persecuted for righteousness' sake. Why? Because they did that to the prophets. They've done that to every set of God-believers throughout history. And we can be blessed internally because we have the assurance that our God is in control. Amen? Amen. Aren't you thankful that God is God? Amen. Aren't you thankful that nothing surprises God? Aren't you thankful that God knows what's going to take place on November 8th? Amen. 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 Thank you. But we have that kind of God. And we have a God who is sovereign, who is in control, and we can be blessed as we see God meeting our needs and God using us and God fulfilling his purpose in and through our lives. Now, there are a couple of things that you need to understand about the attitudes. First of all, they're attitudes of the heart. Did you know that? As you read those verses, you understand that it is internal. It starts in here. And the second thing you need to know is these are hard things. These are difficult things for us. But yet God is still God and we can understand his fulfillment. Remember what the psalmist said about the blessing? <laughs> blessed is the man, Psalm 1. That walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the church, nor sees that he sees the scorpion. But his delight, here it is, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law that he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree. A tree that's planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper, but the ungodly are like that. The ungodly are so are like the chaff, which the wind dried up. As we look at the syllabus that God has given to us, the instruction, the course requirements, we need to understand and underline in our lives that we are a blessed people because we have a great God. Amen. Amen. Now, there are some things that we are to do. In fact, Jesus said, these are some things that you are to be. Familiar. Verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But understand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father, who is in heaven. First of all, it says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, I want you to know something about salt. Salt is influential. Salt does something. And as we understand something about who we are, we need to recognize that we are to be influential in our lives. We're to make a difference. 
We're, we're not here just to live. We're not here just to exist. We're not here just to take up space. We're not here just to gather together. We are here to influence those around us and to make a difference in their lives. Salt was a valuable commodity. You may have heard the expression, not worth their salt. That was an expression that was used of laborers who were paid with salt. And at the end of the day, even though they were paid, their masters might look at them and say they didn't do much work today and they weren't worth what they got paid. They weren't worth their salt. I want to be worth my salt. At the end of the day, when I go to heaven and stand before God and have to give an account, I want to be worth my salt. I want a well done now good and faithful servant. I want to know that I used all of my time to serve the Lord and that I did retire. I don't even know what retirement is. I think retirement is only retargeting <laughs> in our lives. But I want to make sure that as salt, I am influencing those who are Now, what does salt do? Let me just remind you of some things. Salt, first of all, is a preservative. Right? Salt preserves. Salt keeps healthy. Salt makes that last longer, which would decay otherwise. And, and you and I are to be preservatives in this world. We're to be fearless in our defense of the Word of God. Our personal conduct is to be an example. We're part of the world. We're to be positive people. Salt preserves. Salt heals. If you have a wound, pour salt on it, and it will take care of some of the infection. Salt is a substance that silently, quietly does its work with enormous effectiveness. It heals. Salt seasons. And you and I are to season our world and be an influence that makes a difference in people's lives. We ought to supply encouragement. We ought to bring optimism. We ought to make sure that we are contributing to the success of people. We ought to be a friend. We ought to show love. We ought to show empathy. We ought to season people's lives. People ought to be better because they're around us. You're the salt of the earth. Salt creates thirst. You ever hear the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink? You can put salt in their oats. You can make them thirsty. And you and I ought to make people thirsty. We ought to live our lives in such a way that people recognize there's something different about us and want to have it. The problem is we don't do that very well. Uh, Dave, did you get some help for me? I did. All right. Were those the, who Dave contacted to help me come up here and join me, please? Come on, Dave. There, there should be five poems. Yeah. All right. All right. Come on, guys. Why don't you right up here? We're going to play a game. <laughs> 
You don't play games, Walt? <laughs> All right. All right. Mitch, come here. Oh, no. Oh, no. You guys ever play Red Rover, Red Rover?
going to influence people for Jesus Christ, we have to get involved in democracy. And we cannot just challenge them. Join us if you think you can. We have to be Isn't that our mission statement? Yeah. Those who are passionate about our God, obedient to his word, depend upon him in prayer, connected to him, authentic and relevant, so that we can multiply Christ like disciples. We have to make sure that we're willing to be compassionate. You know when people are most interested is when they're hurting. Know anybody's hurting? I know people that are hurting that don't even know they're hurting. And that may seem like an oxymoron, but the reality is they don't have a clue that there's anything that can really meet the needs of their lives. We need to make sure that we are willing to sacrifice. It's going to cost us something. May cost us our time, may cost us our treasure, may cost us our talents. We may even have to give somebody our testimony. And we have to be living proof that God loves us and sent his son to die. Are you still in Matthew chapter 5? Still in verse 13? Into the salt of the earth, right? But the next words. But if. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's But if, there's a consequence here. We might even think it's just almost a postscript or an afterthought. But the meaning is that Christianity has an influence on the health of the world. And what we do makes a difference. We can become dull and sluggish and ineffective if we're not careful. But if we become complacent, we become comfortable. And you know what else we can become? We can become proud. Look at me, God. I'm not getting involved with that stuff. I'm not even going near people who are involved in that stuff. <clears throat> Seems to me like Jesus got criticized for that every once in a while. <clears throat> but if King James, if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under feet of men. I do think it's interesting. 
that particular property of Saul's is that even though it has lost its pungency, it still retains a very devastating potency. It's remarkable how it can sterilize soil. And kill every blade of grass, every green herb, every tender shoot that tries to spring forth. Now, salt's not real spectacular. It's not sensational. Perhaps it's not even successful according to world standards. But salt knows what it was designed to do. Make a difference. Make a difference. But it There was a church, a church in Laodicea, a church that was evaluated by the one who walked among the candlesticks. We read about it in Revelation chapter. And it was a church that had a lot of good stuff to look for it. A lot of neat stuff happened in Laodicea. lost their savor. The scripture identifies it as being lukewarm. They weren't hot, they weren't cold. They just kind of I don't want to I don't know how to spell that. And what did the one who walked among the candlesticks say? I wish you were hot or cold because you're lukewarm. I Folks, I want to be salty. In fact, Scripture says, I am salty. I am to be salty. I am the salt of the earth. And the reason I am that is because all of the blessings, the Beatitudes, are lived out through my life. And now I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to make a difference. I'm ready to do James, Julie, I want to assure you that we are going to be praying for you as you seek to fulfill God's assignment in your life. Right now, you're in the yes stage. But as you said, God is teaching you some lessons. Some lessons that you'd rather learn here in our culture rather than over there in that culture. Roger Marie, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your 40 plus years of ministry. Thank you for partnering with us and helping us to fulfill the assignment God's given to us. Thank you so much. The reality is, it's up to us, too, right? Dan Cook was here. And as I listened to his message, he said this at the end of his message. He said, you expect to send us to Brazil to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We expect you to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ here in Valerie County. Now, how are we doing? Yeah. Most people know what this is for. For ringing for souls are saved. We ring this when someone has made a profession of faith as a direct result of ministry that takes place here at Valerie Baptist Church. When we don't bring it, it sits silent as a reminder. It's been a while since we've run it. 
Oops. You are the salt of the earth. Now, I am sorry that this is not a feel-good message. I really am. I like people to leave just really excited about what God's doing in their lives. Really anticipating God to do something in their lives. But just think what God could do if we're the salt he intends us to be. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that positive? Isn't that something to, to leave with us? Hope and encouragement and, and ministry? Just, just think what God would do if we're salt. And we have a great God. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. You, we, I are the salt of the earth. Designed to make a difference. Glory! In people's lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word of truth. Encourage us, minister to us. Encourage us. Lord, help us to be the kind of people that you want us to be. Salt. And next week, light. We are on your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name.